the WIFA team is proud to bring you WIFA Waves. Hi, my name is Lindsay Rainwater, the founder and chief executive officer of the Women in Fitness Association. At WIFA, we believe that storytelling has a magical way of connecting us all. WIFA Waves is the podcast devoted to the sound waves of your career, the voice of our global community. Welcome to this episode of WIFA Waves, and I am here with Lisa Greenbaum, mentor and co-creator of the Writers Academy, and we're here with the February group, February 2022 group of Writers Academy students. We're going to talk about them. We're going to get to know them. We're going to get to know their big, hairy, audacious goals. We're going to find out what they're, what they're most proud of and what they hope to do following the Writers Academy. So let's talk all things writers. I'm going to uh, call on you to ask you to introduce yourself. So I'm going to start with Coach, Stace, Coach Stacy. Do you want me to call you Coach Stacy or just Stacy? You can call me Stacy. That's totally fine. Okay. Yeah. I like I like <laughs> Coach Stacy. I was on a I was on a podcast uh, I think a week ago, and I found out that one of the women on that podcast was actually had a lady title, like officially. So oh. I called her lady the whole time. So it's, it's totally cool. I will, I will label you as you wish. <laughs> so, so Stacy, I'd like to know a little bit more about who you are, where you're from, what you do, and something about you that surprises people. So I live in Springfield, Virginia, which is Northern Virginia, about 20 minutes outside of DC. Um, I'm a fitness professional uh, working mainly with women and particularly those that are on a cancer journey, discovering their health and wellness again after diagnosis. Um, Something that surprises me about or surprises people about me is that I've been a vegetarian for 34 years. So when I was 13, I started being vegetarian, didn't do it correctly. (laughs) I've learned to do it correctly since then, but that's something people are surprised about. That, that, that's a long time, uh, with being a vegetarian, like, do you do fish at all or is it? Very rarely on very rare occasions. I'm from Baltimore. So you have to have steamed crabs every once in a while when you're from Baltimore, Maryland. So you have to (laughs) on occasion. I I believe in exceptions to every rule. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm going to ask you all to introduce yourselves and then I'm going to round off with Lisa before we go to the, go to the next question. So everybody knows about your Writers Academy mentor, but Sarah, now is this Sarah Elizabeth or Sarah? Just Sarah. Just Sarah. Well, not just Sarah. It's Sarah. It's Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Tell us a little bit about you, where you're from, what you do, and something about you that surprises people. Yeah, so I'm Sarah. I am from Maryland. I currently live in Columbia, so also close to D.C., Baltimore. Very familiar with the crab situation. (laughs) I love crabs, so definitely eat some seafood on the East Coast here. Um, I am currently a full-time fitness professional in the University of Maryland out of our rec center on campus. And then I also do part-time fitness instruction and I write blogs as a freelancer. 
Um, something that surprises people about me is that while I'm certified in eight different formats and love to teach fitness, I'm actually not very into yoga. And I, I think people, when they hear group fitness, they kind of expect yoga a little bit out of that. And I am certified in yoga, um, under 200 hours and I'm a registered yoga teacher, but I, I don't know, it's not my thing. It's not something I, I challenged myself with that certification, but it's not my thing. Well, I mean, balance in the universe is already on this call because yoga is Lisa's thing. So it, it doesn't have to be your thing. <laughs> Someone, someone's picked up the ball. <laughs> nice to meet you, Sarah. Kara. Hello, hello, hello. How's everyone? All good. Awesome. Well, I'm happy to be back. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, so my name is Kara Flowers, and I live in Atlanta, Georgia, and I do live in the city and not the outskirts of Atlanta. Um, recently relocated there, and I practice health coaching and corporate health and wellness and all things like the other ladies, a little bit of group fitness instruction, and as Sarah, yoga is not my thing. And I actually was just asked to teach it this morning for a pop-up class we're having, and I was like, no, thank you, but you know, I'll do something else. So um, something that surprises people, I would say, is that I used to work at CNN as a video journalist at the beginning of my career. And from there, transitioned into um, health and fitness, uh, like I said, corporate health, fitness and wellness and whatnot. But I actually wrote for health fitness news. So it was on a smaller scale of writing. So now I'm trying to extend myself. Very interesting. I, I love the unexpected things because they, something interesting inevitably comes up every single time. It's, it's my magic question. I don't get sick of it because I, I will use it until the horse is completely dead. <laughs> Lisa, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your role as, as the mentor from the Writers Academy, and maybe something to save the face of yoga in this conversation? Absolutely. Uh, so my name is Lisa Greenbaum. I live in Toronto, which is in Canada. Um, and I am a yoga teacher, yoga therapist, uh, educator, and writer. And I do, I do feel like I need to say something small about yoga, which is really just that yoga finds you when you need it the most. And just like I've compared yoga a lot to cardio programs, right? So we're all fitness people. There's probably elements of cardio that you love and despise, right? I love to dance. I hate to run. So if the only thing I could do was run, I'd never do cardio, but dancing, I'm good. And I think the same thing with yoga, like yoga to try and just put it in a small bubble and say, this is yoga cannot capture cannot capture the essence of it. So maybe it's the style of yoga you've been exposed to. Maybe it's just different parts of yoga you've been exposed to. And actually something that I found really um, early in my yoga journey was because I came from a fitness perspective and I was getting my workouts when I was trying to do yoga as well as a workout, it wasn't it wasn't working <laughs> because uh, I was already, I was tired. I didn't need to do that extra layer of working out. What I needed more was the mindfulness, the meditation, the slow, the stretching. So 
Anyways, I'm just going to leave it out there. Yoga will find you when you need it the most, and then it'll be there for you. Um, so writing is another huge passion of mine, yoga, dancing, and writing, um, and things that have been in my life for as long as I can remember. And I'm super passionate about this program. When the first idea first came to Jen and she put this little message out in the world, I was like, oh my gosh, gosh, yes, we need this because um, we do all have stories to share. And sometimes it's hard for us to sit even in a podcast environment or speaking engagements or talking to our class or talking to our clients about some of the things that we really feel on a deep level and things that we want to share with the world. And sometimes just putting pen to paper or writing it out is a really beautiful way of being able to express that story. And for me personally, absolutely. I have to be able to write about it before I can talk about it. And so being part of the Writers Academy and being able to be that sort of second set of eyes to help um, to help steer a little more depth to your writing and um, and and you know be a passenger as well as you share what you are passionate about about um, in the fitness industry and your role in the fitness industry is just something that I really, I just think is super awesome, super awesome. So very happy to be part of the podcast today. Obviously very happy to be uh, your mentor through this journey that we've been on for, this is week five. So we're about halfway through. So I think one of the things that I'd like to uh, make sure that you know that I and I'm, I know that Lisa does because we were involved in uh, creating the program we see you, we know the amount of deadlines and, and extra work that goes into making this commitment. So first of all, like serious virtual high five for coming this far, it's no joke. And you've made a big investment in yourself and, and totally, totally proud of you. And, 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 you know, we, you're, you're the, you're the medium for, for the, the message that you need to get out in the world. And, and you're doing something to make sure that you can get that message out there. So I think that that's totally amazing. The next question that I have for you has to do with your big, hairy, audacious goal. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm all for, um, waxing and everything. So if it's not hairy, it's also totally fine. Um, but part of the reason that we ask this is because there is magic in saying it out loud and hearing yourself say it out loud and saying it in front of other women. That is the magic of manifestation. And this, this message is going out into the, into the WIFA universe. So if anyone can help you make it happen, that's the reason that we're claiming this as a goal. So Stacy, what is your big, hairy, audacious goal as a writer? I would love to compile a book with firsthand stories of women who were diagnosed with cancer, any type of cancer, and what they did then, what were their next steps and what scared them the most. And then to tie it into exercise and what I do, how did any type of movement help them or what were they afraid to do in exercise afterwards? So firsthand accounts, it's been my experience over the last several years of really diving in deep with women in cancer that 
it's just the information is not out there and they have to listen to their doctors and they're overwhelmed and to have someone that they could read firsthand accounts would be very, very helpful to them. And I just think that it's needed, it's necessary. Absolutely, like I, I don't see enough narrative about fitness and uh, and the cancer journey. Like that's not the message that's that's put out there. So if you can if you can change that narrative, I think that's an amazingly powerful BHAG totally behind you. Yeah, it's, I think it would really be it, just extremely helpful. And I've I've talked to one other person that I work with about kind of helping me get it all together. And I think we've got a good research team ready to go. So it would be nice to get that done. An idea and a project group That's <laughs> for success. Excellent. Sarah, your big hairy audacious goal as a writer. So when I was thinking about this question, I am reflecting on how much I've loved writing throughout my whole life. And I used to write poetry and short stories and did a lot of creative writing when I was little. And I got my degree, my bachelor's degree in English. So my entire educational history has been very writing based. Um, so for me, this looks like just being challenged by every piece that I write in a thought provoking way. And I eventually would like to write a book, I think, and kind of empower women to take control back over their lives and just fight the, the constant stereotypes that we live under and that, you know, fitness is a journey and there's always a starting line. There's never a finish line and to be at peace with that and to, really use that journey to empower themselves through their life. I think that's my, my big, hairy, audacious goal. Yeah. I, I heard book and I was like, the book is the goal improvement. Like that, that's a behavior, but the book is the goal. Good, very yes, good. I'm glad, you, goal. I'm, I'm glad you said that out loud. Um, I, I, I have a, um, panel that I'm facilitating in, in, uh, a fitness event that that's happening in Europe in April. And the title of the panel is how do we, how do we make fitness a more inclusive third space? And I think like what, what you're talking about is a, is a part of that answer. Because if I look at, you know, who the fitness environment is safe for, and then the other question is who is the fitness environment not safe for? Um, it, it's, and, and what, what does all the branding and messaging around fitness turn on or off certain groups? I mean, I think there's a huge amount of transformative work that can be done in, in this space, because I think, you know, the, the ideas that we put in our heads are massive limiting factors for many people to, to get started on like the self-care and self-empowerment journey. So you have to do this. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you for sharing. Kara, your big, hairy, audacious goal. So, you know, as I was thinking about this, of course, over time and, you know, in different situations, I'm thinking, oh, I would love to write like a, a book or a blog um, more consistently because I've just done some here and there. And then coming from a writing background where everything had to be condensed to like a 30 or 60 second spot, yeah. um, you know, creating more depth in my writing. So for me, if any of those things would come out of this experience, that would be amazing. Um, but I think sharing stories of women 
because my passion is really working with women um, who are moms and who are looking to make lifestyle behavior changes that work for them and not so much being restrictive, but just, you know, living life, being with their family, incorporating health and healthy behaviors into their home. Um, and so that it becomes, you know, a consistent behavior. Um, but sharing those stories, because I feel like a lot of times I see as I look through like social media and just, you know, hear other fitness professionals talk sometimes, um, you know, that reality for like the general fitness population or that one particular woman who has life happening for real. Um, it's just not always realistic for them. And it seems so far out of touch. So for me, like if I could compile how they were talking about stories, like short stories where these women have like shared their ups and downs and the tried and true things that, you know, like this worked well and this didn't, I tried this and that. And, you know, it could be all over the place, but to me, that's like, that's real. It's yeah. authentic. And so those are some of the stories that I would like to share, but overall coming out where my writing becomes more clear there's a lot of clarity and there's some depth and then that the authenticity comes through and what I'm sharing with other women. I think when you have the subject right, the authenticity comes through. And it, like, just hearing you talk about that, like, and I'm, I'm just gonna get fired up for a minute because um, I, I, I had, I was talking to, to a, a few people this week over, you know, uh, the the category of self-improvement like I, I just remember i'm like i have a very complicated relationship with organization systems and i remember trying to implement the getting things done system for like a year and i was like okay this guy probably has an assistant and a stay-at-home wife like why the hell is he telling me how to organize my life. And it's the same with diet books. It's like, th there's no shopping list. There's no variation for kids who won't eat anything. Like who, like, and, and we're buying this shit. Sorry, you can cuss. Um, but yeah, so real stories, real solutions, like hacks when life is happening, like what's good enough when, when nothing else is going. <laughs> your way like you know what what's the bare ass minimum that you should still feel good about like those those tools need to exist <laughs> i love what you said bear excuse me bare ass minimum I'm like that's a great title it's like catchy <laughs> yeah i think i think lisa remembers that probably from our good life days like uh, david paschal adams used that as our as our budgeting term so it just kind of wove its way into my permanent vocabulary <laughs> Yeah, I think life exists somewhere between bare ass minimums and big hairy aud audacious goals. And, and it swings, it swings rapidly between one and the other. Totally. And that's where the stories happen. And that's exactly as you said, the authenticity and the vulnerability to bring that authenticity forward. So if I can throw another person into the ring, Miss Brene Brown, who we love, well, I love very, very much. Um, and that's, that's something that I also really, really like to see start to come through. It usually starts to come through around the third blog and definitely in the editorial, it's a little bit of vulnerability in the writing because that's where the authenticity and the, um, the real voice of you as writers really starts to, 
to come through. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And she's got a new book out, Atlas of the Heart. And the the good thing, like I'm, at, I'm about halfway through it. And what I love about Brene Brown is all of a sudden she is able to articulate concepts that you're like, oh, that's how I was feeling. Exactly that. Thank you for giving words to it. But like the Atlas of the, the Heart is almost like... Um, an encyclopedia of emotions. So when you're like, what is that thing that I'm trying to convey? Like all of a sudden she's given you like the nuanced explanation of emotions that can help you not only feel them, but then also communicate them. So I would, uh, and, and if you are an audiobook fan, she reads it. I always like that. Okay, anyway, moving back to the, we, we rabbit hole like crazy on the Weep of Waves podcast. So um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to combine two questions in the next question. So Stacy, what is your biggest takeaway so far in the, in the Writers Academy? And what's one thing that you need to improve on? So I think a topic is like a funnel. You have a really large opening and then you've got to get to the bottom of it somehow and narrowing that down would be the biggest takeaway. And I'm finding um, that as soon as I get down to the middle of the funnel, I'm having a hard time getting to the very bottom of it sometimes with some topics. But that is a big, you know, just kind of looking at things even more with a narrow, not necessarily a tunnel vision, but just a little bit narrower vision. Um, it's focusing on specifics. And one thing for me specifically is just finding the correct time of my day to sit down and write. So finding whether or not that's early, very early in the morning, because I start training at 6am. So whether or not that's, you know, even earlier than that, or it's kind of in the middle of the day, if I happen to have a break, it's just kind of finding that time where I can decompress and finding the right space in my home because I teach virtually. So where I'm not distracted by, oh, I've got to do that class plan. Oh, I have to do this. I have to do that. And just where I can focus. And that's been, that's been my challenge. I'm still, it's still a challenge. I'm still trying to figure that out. I mean, but like switching gears is a real thing, right? Like- Especially when, I mean, this is where I spend my day and um, it's just, you know, I, taking those breaks and finding those moments and, and leaving this blue box for a little while is what I need is definitely helped me and finding those times to find a quiet space because I'm a mom to two teenagers and we have a dog that barks a husband that works from home. <laughs> finding a space where I can get away from it all. Is You're describing good. my life. I totally yeah. <laughs> Um, One of the things I'd like to say just on that, if you don't mind, is is, um, what I found, even if my house is quiet, sometimes it's almost too quiet, but getting out, going to a coffee shop or even the library and just sitting there because you have nothing else to do. Of course, you have to put your phone away as well, but Mm -hmm. there is nothing else to do but write. And, you know, whenever I have a writing deadline, my house is the cleanest it will ever be because I will find every excuse in the world not to sit my butt down and write. But then as soon as I do, it just, it happens. So yeah, if, if maybe being in your house isn't working, get out of the house. Yeah. I, I think changing your environment is, is the best tip there for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I sat out outside yesterday because it was a beautiful day here and I sat outside to write. So that was very helpful. Just getting away from everything. Absolutely. 
Sarah, your, your biggest aha moment and an area of an improvement. I'll definitely second what Stacy was referring to in kind of narrowing down a big funnel of coming from your topic to the end. Um, I, I found that creating titles and topics and keywords is really fun. Um, but as a blog writer and someone who spent the last, you know, six years of their educational experience between my bachelor's and master's, always being given topics and things to write about, it was a challenge for me to be like, oh, this is completely from scratch from my brain. Yeah. And so there's a lot of freedom and fun that comes with that. Um, so that was my biggest takeaway from this so far. And the challenge is I find that sometimes I write the way I speak. And that sometimes I can just kind of get lost in writing that way. And then I, you know, the blogs are writing are 500 to 700 words. And then I've realized I've written like a thousand and I'm like, oh, okay, now I need to go back and cut down some content because I just kind of gone with the wind there and my words. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure that another side project for for the writers academy could be making like writers academy memes like the struggle is real um because <laughs> it's it's hard it's so hard it, it's 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 such a, a shift from communicating with your words to putting them on paper and and that's definitely a, a block uh, just getting it started okay Kara talk to me your biggest aha moment, an area of improvement. So funny, because one of the topics I'm writing about is time management, and I'm still somewhat struggling with it because I feel like I'm true to my sign. I'm a Pisces, <laughs> and I'm just like, shoo, shoo. so if somebody needs help or somebody just anything, I'm like, oh, you know, okay, you know, even though I'm in the middle of like doing something, um, but like Stacey's, I think the week before last when our first writing sample was due, I found time outside. It was a nice day here. And I sat out there for like three hours with my laptop. Um, nobody was home, so it was great. But this past week, um, the son came home from college. It was my birthday. It was just like a, like a rolling tumbleweed. And I was just like, oh my gosh. And so I was like, okay, you need to get back to that first week of sticking to your time management. So um, my aha was that I thought I had time management squared away and I'm still working on it. <laughs> so um, I would definitely say that's still like area um, of improvement. And then I also would like to spend more time journaling. So I don't do it every day. And I think if I did, it'd be more helpful. And then again, um, to piggyback off Sarah, um, when I first was writing the first time, I felt like I was just talking writing. And so my, my thoughts would zigzag all over the place. And so now trying to hone it in and um, having Lisa explain why it's so much detail in the outline that's going to help me to bring this home um, has been very helpful. And so I hope by the third in outline and blog that I'm bringing it in. So. That, that, that's the okay you said time management and first of all the the deadlines in writers academy really force you to sharpen that because you you're, you're working towards a timeline and what i will say about time management because like honestly it's the thing that i, I i'm not giving up i'm going to wrestle it to the mat but i understand that the mat is different every day every week 
it's it's not a fixed surface. It's like you're trying to wrestle water. So it, it's it's like don't learn to surf <laughs> is is basically my my best piece of advice for you. Like figure out what it is that's your most important thing for the day. And once you've done it, you've won. And then for the rest of the day, surf. It's 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 kind of gross and oversimplified, but it's the best thing that I can do to deal with all of the variety of factors that happen in life. <laughs> Very true. Any any tips here, Lisa? Yeah, I I think um, like I said, like my house is never the cleanest is when I have a deadline due. Um, but you know, that being said, while I am cleaning, even though I know I should be sitting at my computer writing, I'm starting to compose in my head. The brainstorm is happening. And so, and, and I, and so once that sort of wave starts to happen, then when you do sit down, it comes out easier. I think one of the hardest things for us to do as writers is sit down to that blank page and start. And so another reason why the outlines are there, because that's part of the brainstorming piece. Um, and, you know, along with that frustration of sitting there looking at that plant page going, oh my gosh, you know, how is this going to happen? You know, sometimes it only takes 90 minutes to actually write, but the other 90 minutes you're just staring. And so if you find that you're getting stuck in those spots, get up, change the room, change your location, go for a walk, do a workout, meditate or do yoga. Sorry. Um, but, you know, do something different. Keep kind of, you know, play with your brain a little bit to get out of that space of being stuck. Um, and, you know, I love that comparison to water and the time management piece. The thing is, you know, we have to put these deadlines into the Writers Academy, because if you want to be a writer and start submitting your written work, those deadlines are really important. If you miss the deadline, you miss your spot and you potentially miss all future spots for working with that person because the writing world is deadline, 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 right? Kara, you would know that from working at CNN. Of course you would know that. Oh my gosh, I couldn't, that kind of pressure is too much for me. <laughs> um, but, you know, when you think about, so right now we're halfway through thinking about the next few deadlines you have, when you start to sit and you're daydreaming, start to daydream a little bit about what that looks like and make notes in your phone, have a little notepad nearby where you can scribble off some stuff, chip away at your outline. So instead of trying to do your outline all at once, if that's not really working, write a few notes down and then sit back at it, kind of chip away at it all day. Then that'll kind of help the flow. So it won't feel like this big heavy rock sitting on you the day before your editorials do and you still don't know what you're gonna write about, right? So hope that helps. I think also, I mean, there's a lot of content about writer's block and how different people address writer's block and like going, going back to Brene Brown, one of the ways that she says that she writes is she'll put on a, a, a mini series that she's seen before because it, like, have you ever noticed if you're in a boring meeting, all of a sudden you can get through all of your emails 
it, it's it's the same principle like put something on that's like kind of engaging you but not enough so that the you know the the creative part of your brain's like i'm bored i'm going to do something else just a just a top tip from Brittany brown and another reason to netflix binge okay <laughs> what could be wrong with that all right so let's talk about your topic so what is the the topic that you've selected for your editorial and why did you pick it and i think we've talked a little bit about this but go a little bit deeper start with stacy so I chose goal setting as the topic. And one of the reasons why that spoke to me was because I often have clients that struggle. They'll set a goal. They don't make the goal in whatever unreasonable time frame they decided to put on the goal and they get frustrated and they stop. Um, and so something I do a lot is breaking that goal down into small steps with them and actions and seeing where we can go with it on a day-to-day -day basis and to not always be focused on that very end. And then the bigger part of it is, and what I'm working on, the third one is that self-compassion in the goal setting and trying to be kind to yourself as you go and understanding that you didn't do it that day and you've got tomorrow. When you wake up, you can do it, keep on moving. Um, so it's just, it was important to me. It's important to me in my own life to make sure that I look at things on a day-to-day -day basis as opposed to so far into the future sometimes. Yeah. Um, so that's why I chose that. So like on, on one hand, you have the people who struggle to hit their goals. What about the people who, who like hit goals like productivity porn, but it, it's, it's not like it's more about the achievement than it is about like the, the achievement of doing than it is about the fact. Right, and I think that they struggle with the quality of the goals. So they set goals that they can hit very, very quickly. And then, but are they really making improvements in their, whether it's their professional life, their personal life, their fitness goals, whatever those goals may be, maybe they're not then sticking with them. And they just are in such a hurry to move on to the next goal that they don't, take a look at how did the goal they just finished fit into the rest of their life and how can they implement those steps in their everyday being? Yeah, no, it's just, it's it, the, the, it's the two sides of goal setting, right? Like it's, it's the, it's the people who are afraid to set it because they're afraid to fail. And then right. the other people who are also afraid to fail, but they address it in a totally different way. I also think there's a huge, uh, part of people that set a goal and they don't understand why they set the goal. They set the goal because of what we were talking about earlier. They read a, a article and that just spoke to them, but it wasn't realistic for them. Like Kara said, you know, that was maybe a mom. She picked up the article and she's really busy and she's trying all these things in her life to fit healthy habits into her life, but it doesn't work for her it, and she needs something else. And so then they lose sight. And I think that's another part of it. I, I think that's a really amazing topic and I've, I very much look forward to reading it. Thank you. Sarah, what about you? Your topic and why? 
Yeah. So kind of going off of what I was mentioning earlier, my topic is going to be focused on my definition of what it means to be a powerful woman and how to transform leadership through boundary setting, self-care, and kind of fighting when your passion becomes your burnout. Um, going back to like, I think there's so many societal expectations that we try to live and hold ourselves up to as women, especially in the fitness industry. Um, and I just want to write about why we don't actually have to do any of that to be considered a powerful, influential, or leader, or sorry, powerful, influential woman or leader. Because who gets to decide at the end of the day? Exactly. It's us. It is literally up to us as individuals to take that power back. Heck to the yes. I'm very much looking forward to this. Kara, what about you? Um, so I think I'm going to end up, um, expanding on living life on your terms, which is basically creating like alignment in your life. And I feel like some of the outlines I've done, they're, they've all been pretty different. And, um, but they all, I think, hone in on basically living life on your terms. So setting your intention and goals, you know, having a vision, visualizing, and then how do you bring that all together to basically create alignment in your life? which is different, like Sarah was saying, it's different for everybody, like living life on your terms, what works for you may not work for me, and just making sure that people understand that that's okay, because it has to work for you for it to work at the end of the day, so. I mean, it's, it's all, all of these are, are an exploration and introspection, and I, I really, I think, I think that's so important. The self-exploration journey is the most profound and, and liberating and terrifying <laughs> journey that that we can go on. So I'm I'm really glad that you know in your own way you're all tackling that. And I think it's important for our listeners to know that uh, they can find these editorials on the Weef of Vox page. Uh, it'll be it'll be published and launched as soon as the the academies finish, so that uh, you that you'll be able to to share the the publication and point to the publication and the WIFA audience will also be able to read and be inspired by your work. So that's really, really exciting. I want to, I want to wrap up and this is a question for, for all of you, including, uh, including Lisa from her perspective as your mentor, what's, what are you most proud about so far um, uh, in terms of your journey in the, in the Writers Academy? Stacy. Uh, I would say that being able to find that time that I keep looking for to, to take this step towards a writing goal, being able to eventually put a book together, um, that's always a struggle for me to add one more thing. And the fact that I've been able to do it is that I'm proud of that. I'm, I think this is, there, there's, a, there's a formula for success here that I hope that you take with you into, into your future writing goals. And one is, this is freaking hard. It's a lot of work. Yes, it is. And when you do it with a group, then, then you have this natural accountability and inspiration and motivation from the group that it, it takes that aloneness that often happens with big goals that stop us. Um, and I think, you know, what, what like it, it's, it's, 
it occurs in the in the writers academy because that's how it's structured but you can you can create that structure for yourself to carry on and i think it's a, it's a really important thing especially with writing because writing is such a solitary thing and it's easy to to get alone and feel alone and let that stop you so i would encourage you just saying to keep in touch afterwards until you've achieved all of your big hairy audacious goals and more sarah what are you most proud of I'm really proud of being able to put my thoughts around these topics into words. I talk about them consistently in my personal circle, my professional circle. And even though I write very often, I've never sat down and thought about putting those thoughts into blog articles and an editorial. And I'm just really, really happy that I'm finally doing that and that this gave me the tools and the push to do that. This is this is what we're about, right, Lisa? This is why we this is why we do it. And uh, honestly, it, I'm I'm really hoping that this is a pay it forward thing. That you know more women are listening to this and saying, yes, I'm worth it. This is worth it. This goal is worth it for me. Um, and people need to hear my message because they do. Kara, what are you most proud of? I would say that I'm most proud of committing to the process. Um, I think I've looked at the program a few times. I did the um, leadership program first and now this and a couple of times and I was like, oh, I'll do it, you know, next session and this, you know. And so when I finally was like, I'm committing to it. And then I have a lot of things happening at one time, honestly. So just being able to commit and, I, you know, I've missed one deadline, be completely transparent. Um, but honestly, like, I think some things that Lisa said in our first initial um, Zoom made me when I was like, it was almost like, I don't want to tell Lisa that this is coming late. <laughs> and then I was like, you know what? It's okay. Like, let it go, you know? And honestly, like when I let it go and I just shared what I had, I just, I felt like it was just off my shoulders, but circle back, I was still committed to the process. And so I just let it go and I just picked up where I left off and I just have to commit a little bit more time to catch up and it's okay because it happens and it's life. And um, as much as I preach that to the people that I coach, I have to remember that it's for me too. Because, you know, you get in your own way or in your own head sometimes. And I, and I do it. And I have to take a step back and say, it's okay. Just stay committed. Stay the course. Get back on the horse and you'll be fine. So It's not all or nothing. Nothing, nothing is all or nothing. Like it, it, if, you, if you've come one notch along the, along the pathway, you've progressed. You're better than you were than, you know, if you didn't do it. So, yeah, I, I, I applaud your vulnerability for sharing that story because you're definitely not the only one. Absolutely not the only one. Yeah. And Kara there, I, I'm not sure exactly what part you remembered that I said from that first call, but I remember something very specific that I said in that first call was if you miss a deadline, the world's not going to come crashing down. You're not going to get picked off the program. You just keep going. It's okay. That's exactly it. Like ultimately, yes, please try to make all your deadlines, but you're not getting fired. You know, this is, we have enough stress in our life. This program is not meant to add that kind of stress. 
um, a little good stress to fire you up, but not that kind of stress. Um, so it's all good. It all figures itself out. And um, I have to say, from my perspective, what I'm most proud of from all three of, for, from all three of you and a little bit of what you've already touched on is your commitment to the program because it is, it's hard and life is busy. You know, five, six, seven weeks ago when you signed up for this program and you looked at your future and went, this is going to be good. And then all of a sudden this pops up and that pops up and this pops up and that pops up. And then it's not so easy anymore. We can't, you know, life is extremely unpredictable at times, but the fact that you've continued to commit um, to something that you already said was important to you is, I think, just so beautiful and so important. And this is a tough program. And then it's done. But part of what I'm really hoping to convey over these eight weeks of continuous deadlines is that when the program's done, there's a little gap that you've already created for yourself for your writing. And you're going to be, there's something that's really innate in you that's going to be craving to continue to sit down and fill that gap and fill that writing space. So, um, just, yeah, congratulations for continuing to stick with it and, and to keep checking off all, all of the things because it is a lot, but, you know, even to what Kara just said, it felt like as soon as you got it done, you know, it's a couple of days late, but you got it done. Oh, now you can move on. So, um, so excited because next week is the last of our shorter editorials before we moving into our bigger editorial project. Um, and of course we have an upcoming call to discuss all that is involved in that. Um, but I'm just, I'm really happy and, um, and grateful to be working with the three of you through this and, and also just a note on all of your topics. And I think they're just so important for um, us as part of WIFA, but just women in general beyond the fitness industry, they're all topics that we just need to keep hearing about and reading about so that we can remember that we aren't alone in how we're feeling about, you know, navigating, navigating all the things we're trying to do. Yeah, you're, you're part of the great reprogramming exercise. Like we have mm -hmm. had all of the messages that, that have come at us that, that, you know, mold our expectations and were created by who and for what particular purpose. And, you know, your, your messages are, are thoughtful. They're, um, they're considered and the intention is in the right space. It's liberating. Um, and that needs to be layered and it's gonna, you know, it, it's it is, at some point it gets to a critical mass and it's gonna make the difference. Um, so I am, I am, really, really excited for you all, for you all, and to, to read what you're going to put out into the universe and to see what we can do to help you achieve your big, hairy, audacious goals. And that's going to do it this time. 
for this episode of WEFA Waves. And for our listeners, please make sure that you keep your eyes open for the WEFA Vox release so that you can read and get inspired by everything that's coming from this round of Writers Academy talent. And thank you so much. And until next time. And cut. WEFA Lead. Leadership through elevation, awareness, and discovery. In a nutshell, it's 13 weeks plus you, a partner, and a community going on an intensely supported personal deep dive into who we are, why we're here, and how we are going to make the biggest impact possible. Sound big? It's a completely transformational program that we recommend for everyone, no matter the age, experience, or background. Join us for the next edition of the Weekly Lead Program.